This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Ring, making neighborhoods safer with their smart doorbell technology, with the ability to enhance your peace of mind and make safety accessible to everyone, including all the residents of Whoville. It's Ring. Joseph. And I'm Merry Christmas. <laughs> and this is a happy holiday. Happy Christmas, Matt. Happy Christmas, Tim. We are here once again. We don't miss Mondays, even on Christmas. This is, it's so, it's so stupid, Tim, how, <laughs> how good at... Well, how committed we are to this craft and this podcast. It's uh, it's Christmas Day. It is. It's And it's a Monday. Right. It's a Monday morning, Matt, just to be clear. <laughs> um, what are your kids doing right now, everybody? They're running down the stairs with glee to see what's waiting in their stocking, what's under the tree. What are Matt and I doing? We're on hot mics. Yeah. It does not... Mondays supersede everything. Yeah. It does not matter. Well, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter that it's Christmas, but it's more important <laughs> that it's a Monday. We bring you another episode because it's a Monday. That's God right. bless us, everyone. God bless us, everyone. And Matt, uh, on this Christmas, I want to reflect on the nativity with you. Can we? <laughs> do you? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. What a scene, right? I'm picturing Look, we, it now. We got some baby goats here, some cows and and other livestock. Three kings standing right there, and they're holding big old fancy gifts for the little Christ child lying in the manger. You see him? Yeah. In your mind's eye, yeah. you see it? See it? See the whole scene, right? What a special, I mean, it's it's the moment for humanity, right? It's, it's so <laughs> crucial for all of us. <laughs> It doesn't get better. No. That's it. Right. Heavenly peace. Right there. Um, And who's that? Who's that in the back corner, Matt? Who is that? What's he holding? Is that a little boy holding a drum? Well, I believe it is. He's playing the drum. <laughs> He's. I'll say he is. He is hammering. He's playing his best for this kid. <laughs> the Christ child is attempting to sleep <laughs> in this manger. Right. Everyone came. The angels. Everyone's here. The angels we it have heard on high. Crowded as hell in here. Yeah. Back to the gills of this manger. Can we give Jesus, Mary, and Joseph some room? But no, this kid is rat-a-tat-tat, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum, uh, me and his drum. Just, why is he doing this? Well, Matt, because he has no other gift to offer, that's what he says. And so he thinks that the best alternative to not having any allowance is bringing your drum to the crib of a newborn and of the messiah yes of, of a newborn not 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 as a newborn but the god and man <laughs> and 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 making a holy racket right next to his delicate little barely formed ear canal right shall i play for him it's like buddy read the room do not play for him no if you were in a hospital, man, and, and a loved one of yours had just given birth, and, and she's lying there with a baby swaddled in her arms, and a kid walked in holding a little concert snare drum I would say, and a couple of drumsticks, I would say no, I'd call no. security. I would say, wait, please, please. Buddy, I'm sure whatever you prepared is great. But now is neither the time nor the place. Right. I know you aced it at your fifth grade concert. <laughs> I'm thrilled for You've you. You've got the rudiments, 
but but you can't right now. Please read the room. Please look at what's happening. Go here. get a gift card in the lobby. <laughs> Some flowers, play anything. That drum. It's been a long held uh, issue for me, Matt. The little drummer boy. I've me always, too. I'm like, glad what, we're talking about it. What's he? What was he thinking? The, what were his parents thinking? The lack of judgment. <laughs> that he displayed. And, like, it, he's a little drummer boy. Mm -hmm. I get that. Sure. So do we want to give him a little grace? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's Christmas, for I God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But but his parents are guardians. Um, although I know he's depicted as an orphan in the uh, Rankin-Bass sort of stop motion, stop, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. thing. But I don't, I don't know if that's I canon. don't know if that's confirmed. No. Regardless, something went wrong for a, a child. <laughs> how he even got the inv like how did he know to even be there? Yeah. I It's been yeah, it's been tough for me for years Tim, to really square this circle. Mm -hmm. Um but in in that moment, Matt, he did something pretty important. I mean, other than you know, proving to all of us that you don't need massive wealth to <laughs> to prove your worth to to our God. No, just a little groove. That was important. <laughs> just get those paradiddles down, kid. Uh, but what what he did is he introduced, well, baby Jesus, those wise men, and the world. I would say. I mean, he. This is is this maybe the most important early drummer. <laughs> This is the most important drum solo in recorded history, for sure. Hugely consequential <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> and it got us thinking, Matt, about the drums. Got us thinking about that specific little drum that he was holding. Well, yes, that specific little drum. Because he, it says distinctly... Uh, I played my drum singular yeah. for him. Right. Pum -pum -pum. Did not bring a trap set. No, he is he's walking in with uh, nothing but a simple drum. Mm -hmm. And and the context clues cuz Tim, we are careful careful listeners. We here. are. Uh, <laughs> one must assume with that pum 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 sound, it's got to be the <laughs> one and only Snare drum. And Matt, that's that is a drum that boy howdy. I mean had a massive start on on the global theological <laughs> stage. But <laughs> Big Bang. Big Bang. That's the Big Bang that's theory. Frankly, right. <laughs> But its relevance only grew from there, did it not? Oh, and how, Tim, and how. <laughs> That's what we're here on Christmas morning to talk about. The history of the snare drum. We've just had a fabulous time these last several minutes. <laughs> but, down to brass tacks, as yes. we always eventually get. Yes. Uh, we're talking about the snare drum. Mm -hmm. Tim, you and I, uh, and I, I perhaps say this too often, but perhaps not often enough, you and I are uniquely qualified mm. to discuss the the snare drum. Yes. We've thought about it a lot. I know that, both together and separately. Mm -hmm. uh, we have experience with it in a number of different uh, ways and means. We do. And I think that this Christmas Day... It would be, uh, it would behoove us. I was hoping you'd say that. I was hoping you'd add one more syllable to that word. <laughs> it would behoove us to talk about this a little bit and bring the army yes. up to speed on what the dealio is with the snare drum. I, I want to start here and just say, I love a good snare drum. Holy smokes. I'm a... Right, we've talked about this. I play the drums. Yeah, you're a drummer. I'm a drummer. Um, and sure, the cymbals, love them. Bass drum, very important. Can't live without it. Can't live without it. It's essential. <laughs> it's essential to so many beats. 
Toms? Yeah, give me a couple. But if you don't have the snare drum right in the middle to bring the kit together, I mean, well, it's the difference between a piece of garbage drum set and the kind of drum set you never forget playing. I mean, I'm very thrilled. I feel very fortunate that I, I bought used from a guy who was selling his kit. Just the most beautiful snare drum to this day that I've ever played. I, I have it in my closet and I just, you, you learn as a drummer to cherish a great snare drum. And why? Because it's the, it's the backbeat, Matt. It's the, it's what, prepa- it's the engine. It is the beating heart of so much music. You, and so it's got to be good. It's got to be good. It is the most expressive, versatile, responsive, mm. right? I mean, yeah. this thing, it, it, the crack of the bat oh. is what the American public loves. For me, <laughs> keep it. For the army, it's the crack of the snare drum, it buddy. It really is. It is, but it's not just that, Matt. You can crack it with a, with a stick. You can brush it you with can some brush brushes. It, that's yeah, right. With some brushes. You can yeah, it's it's this it's very it's versatile. It's it's intimate. I mean, I think you are more of the maybe historian on on the subject matter at hand today. Um, but emotionally, I'm I'm all in, Matt. Wherever you take me, I'm ready. Good. You know, Tim, I assumed, because you are a real musician, a real drummer, and the we, I mean, am I right in saying that we've been thinking about snare drum sounds Mm. for, uh, I mean, uh, a long, long time? Listen, we, we became pals because of the music we were making together as young men, and... Uh, yeah, it's got to be. It's you know one of those first. The first, it's one of the first things you hear in a song, and if if you if you've got a good snare going, then you've got a really good foundation upon which to build the rest of the tune. That's right. It's the it's the heart and soul. It's the backbone. It's the backbeat. It's the whole situation. Now let, let's let's just back up for one second. Of course, some of us, mm. hard as it may be to believe, are not totally sure what a snare drum is fair yeah. enough we don't expect everyone to come in knowing everything we're learning all together all the time that's what the that's what we're here for that's the point of yes, the show big tent a <laughs> snare drum tim hey you're the drummer yep. you're gonna do a better job what is what is a snare drum uh sure so you know a drum broadly is a you know it's generally a cylinder of wood uh with a stretched uh, like skin across the top and generally you put one on the bottom too it's it's not as essential but it's a resonance thing and if you just have the shell right the 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 cylindrical piece of wood and you stick uh, a couple of drum heads on the top or the bottom you have a tom or you have a bass drum that's a big version of that right the smaller it is the higher pitched tone you're going to get from it What's what differentiates the snare drum though is it's this crucial element that runs along the bottom head, these stiff wires that are strung from one end of the snare drum across the diameter to the other end. Um, so that when you strike the top head, rather than hearing just a pong sort of sound, uh, the resonance of the shell you hear the clattering basically of those wires underneath and it creates this popping sound uh, that's very high pitched you know to the point that you're not even really perceiving it as pitch you're just sort of feeling it as a pop and that's a snare drum buddy was that clear enough? that was yeah really good getting emotional yeah <laughs> it is it's it's a snap it's a crackle it's a pop it is and that's exactly right so the the snare drum is, well, just a, a cool little piece of history for the army to start, is that the snare drum had its beginnings mm. as a drum called a tabor, and I'm absolutely pronouncing that correctly. Uh, it, was, it was a military drum. Uh. And the, you know what? This is actually probably what the little drummer boy 
did play back then because, you know, it, it took a minute for the snare drum to become sure, the his, snare drum. His fife player couldn't make it. Exactly. Well, you think about the the army. I mean, we always think about the army. Oh. It's the drum and the fife, right? They're, yes. uh, they're rat-a-tat-tatting their little, uh, their little paradiddles. They're cleaning little my musket. And I'm, yeah. Yep, that's right. So it was... And the... So these... This drum, uh, the Tabor, did, it was the only drum at the time to have anything strong along the bottom of it, right? It, was, right. it wasn't necessarily a wire snare, but it was like a, you know, a catgut type string, yeah. and it gave it a bit of a rattle. And so, the, uh, yeah, the, we have, we start with the Tabor, and mm-hmm. we start in the army, because really, uh, well, Tim... Think about a couple of even modern tunes, uh, like, let's say, Chicken Fried by the Zac oh. Brown Band. I thank God for my life, and for the stars and stripes, may freedom forever fly, let it ring, salute the ones who die, the ones that give their lives, so we don't have to sacrifice. When we're talking about... Freedom. Freedom and the troops and the flag and saluting the ones our, who died. The ones who died, the ones who gave their lives. <laughs> uh, it is very common uh-huh. to sort of tone poem your way into a snare drum roll. Right? Yes. That's, that's, uh, yeah, a, a sort of like a, a military cadence. That's right sort of thing yes uh yeah corny if you are the zach brown band <laughs> but i suppose useful if you are marching your troops to war and you want to keep everybody in step 100 percent, because the snare drum keeps the time the body mm-hmm. keeps the score but the snare drum <laughs> keeps the time Stop it. <laughs> and i mean it's so much so actually that we all know Thomas Edison invented the uh, the phonograph or whatever that was called, right? And and he invented a lot of things. Yeah, I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> the, well, the first, the very first recorded like record you could say uh-huh. was in fact Semper Fidelis by the U.S. Marine Band. Very first, like, record. The first vinyl. Okay. So the snare drum, uh, it had an auspicious start in many <laughs> ways, some of which we've discussed. And how. But that's the, that's the first thing we ever heard on, on, uh, on wax. Honey, come on listen vinyl. to this. That sort of thing. <laughs> right. That's right, that's right. When recorded music showed up, that's we had a record mm-hmm. of the snare. And so we can trace its sound and its utility ah. and its function through the through the ages. Uh, because right, we had recorded music. We did have that military stuff at first, but that was not for to sit down by the fire and listen to, nor was it to dance to. That was uh, very utilitarian. Right. Uh, I mean, it was music, but dare we dare we call it such sure sure so then we come along with ragtime mm-hmm. blues gospel country folk a lot of that initially didn't have a ton of uh percussion in it really if you think about it yeah not, not at first mm-hmm. but then we had things like jazz mm-hmm. and swing big band music Uh, the drum kit started to be sort of standardized. Tim, you said a couple words like kick drum and toms and cymbals before. Trap set. That's yeah, right. The, sure. whole, the whole operation. And people started to play that. So in the 50s... So we went from... We've gone from pa-rum-pum-pum-pum 
to more of a boom chick boom chick situation. That's right, a, a, a backbeat, if yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so the '60s, we can we can sort of say, I think, yeah. uh, that's when the when you start really really tracing recorded popular music. Sure. So here's the thing: in the '60s, you kind of just did whatever you could to get that sound with what you have where you are that's right yeah totally it because the mics i suppose are just not that great i mean you know, right you, you could you go listen to old beatles songs for instance like we did recently and and there's a snare there obviously no missing it but it's not a very nuanced no uh sound Not a ton to say about the the articulation or the yeah. pitch or anything of mm-hmm. the snare. It was all just a little bit of a big old mess. Sure. Right? And that's how it that's how it just had to be, because recording techniques had not really caught up at that point. Yeah, but then Ringo was like, move that mic close to my drum. Well, uh, there were yeah, there were they started developing um, more studio techniques. Mm-hmm. And really started thinking about how to record these drums because drums are hard to record, buddy. Sure, you you know this, surely. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, I've been on the playing end of it enough times to know that. Yeah, it takes some some shuffling around of mics, and you got to get the get the levels just right because it's a noisy sucker. That's right, and there's there's stuff going all over the place, bleeding into different. Uh, mics that you don't want to pick it up. Yeah, no, it's, thank you. It's a it's a disaster. Um, but people got good. People got at least much better. If I may, Tim, I'd like to move to the seventies. Ah, uh, me too. Because I was <laughs> well, born in the wrong generation. We all, Matt. yeah. <laughs> and how? Don't you ever feel that way? <laughs> no, I digress. I'm fine where I am. It's fine. No, because because what we want to we want to be able to get to the point here where we're talking about the snare drum specifically, right? Yes, and, and we want, right. We want to dig deep on this. Yes, stuff. and we have to sort of give all that preamble to get into it because <laughs> people weren't really the snare drum was not the focus for yeah. quite a while, but in the seventies we started to have uh, better recording techniques and and preferences for particular genres. Mm. Uh, Tim, if I may, I would like to play an example. Please. A very famous example. This is a song from 1972 by one Stevie Wonder, and it's called, you guessed it, Superstition. Mm. Do you hear that snare? Yeah, of course. That is what I'm talking about. Mm. That is what Motown was talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. They, everything is a reaction to something else in art. And the very spacious, very um, sort of uncontrolled Mm -hmm. drums of the 60s were no more. In the 70s, everything was tight as a drum, if I may. You may. They would put a wallet on the snare. Yeah. They'd cut little strips of tape and tape the the snares even closer to the head. They'd have the tightest, driest, deadest room that they possibly could. No reverb. Dead. Yes. Dry as a desert bone. Which again, and and your to your point, it takes a lot of finagling to make a snare drum that dry. It really does because they are not naturally. Uh, they don't sound like that yeah, in real life. All drums are are just they're meant to resonate. Yes, that's that's exactly right. They do resonate. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, those those first snare hits on Superstition, and that's just an example. Most, if I could grab any any vinyl from any crate from the '70s from Motown, and it sounds just like crunching a, a dry fall leaf on the ground. And if I may, Matt. It only gets better as we go if you if you like it dry because we get into disco. Mm. The opening seconds of "Rock with You" by Michael Jackson. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's such. A, I mean, a the solo itself 
is wonderful. It's tight. It's brilliant. That drum, there's, it's just little blips. You know, it's so tight and it's so dry, and it leads into this. I mean, you know, we like grooves like this would be described as like tight grooves because it's just uh, all very compressed in on itself. And it just makes you want to move your hips a little bit, you know? Yes, that, that's such a good example. That was, uh, I'm sure many of us have heard this. I think it's actually been trending lately, this video. But uh, John Robinson, the, the drummer from that, Quincy Jones apparently said, uh, I'm going to start the tape and you just have to play something instantly iconic. And he said, all right. And that's what he did. Just, uh, just ridiculous. So good. So tight. So dry. <sighs> Absolutely crisp. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then we can't spend too much time there because everything is a reaction to something else. Yes. What happened after the 70s? I'll tell you. The 80s. Oh. I would like to play. <laughs> I would like to play a, a, two examples. One, they're both famous, mm-hmm. but one of them is literally just so you can hear what I mean when I say gated reverb ah. tim if you would please spin the the uh <laughs> spin the single stay the night by chicago okay illustration complete yes thank you uh also and and there's really almost no need to even play this one but another example is the fill from and wow no pun intended i'm sorry in the air tonight uh-huh. by phil collins That's a famous one. Now, when I say gated reverb, what this is, is gating is a studio mm-hmm. technique uh, that essentially, I mean, it acts as a gate. Wait, hang on, hang on. Putting on my safety goggles, <laughs> going into the lab. Yes, please. It's, all, it's very important very to wear sorry. the proper protective I equipment. I should have reminded you. We're in the lab. Gated reverb. <laughs> Reverb is the sound of the room, uh-huh. to put it in, in layman's terms. Uh, it's that big, if you s- sing in a cathedral... Yeah, you go to an empty gymnasium. Yes, that's, that's reverb. The space, very, very, very different from a tight and dry sound like Motown. So we start there. Gating means that there's, a, there's equipment... Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the studio that will close off it will shut the sound down gates it it gates it the gate closes at a certain decibel level mm-hmm. so it sounds that's the, that's those hits from the beginning of that chicago song just sounded like the 80s right yeah, like yeah. you just that's what the 80s sounded like because everyone started using that. Interestingly, Phil, uh, well, Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins started using it kind of first. Mm. Phil Collins, because of the result of a happy studio accident, <laughs> where he was playing the drums, and it bled through a talkback mic that that uh, had some reverb on it, and the gating came in accidentally, and they said, this sounds really good. Let's put it on everything <laughs> that we do this entire decade. No kidding. And they did. So that's the 80s. That's the response. But I also, I I can't, I would be remiss, Tim. I would be remiss if I didn't mention another really important part of the 80s, which is uh, the drum machine. Ever heard of it? Boy. Yeah, the scourge of all human drummers. Well, look, buddy. Very early 80s, 1981, Uh uh, Don't You Want Me charted. Now those are those are some fake drums, Tim. That's yeah. not a real guy, right? Or a real lady <laughs> playing those drums. I'll Be- say. Because this was the the Lin LM1. This mm. was this is a famous famous drum machine. It was the first of its kind to sample these acoustic drums, and then rather than playing uh, an actual drum kit, 
you simply would plug in your Lin uh, and you would program that to play some drums. It was perfectly in time uh, and you could edit it, you could you could repitch things, yep. you could have all kinds of control. Uh, at the time, the technology was not uh, um, like perfect, so it did sound fake. But that's part of the charm. Yeah, it's fine. Of the eighties, right. that's all over. Because I mean, the the drums aren't the only you know, fake sounding instruments in the eighties. No, you need all kinds of synthesizers. It was, and, it was artificial right. from the ground up, and right. so there was so. I mean, it fits. Right, it it fit very well what they were trying to do. Even the gated reverb, that's not a natural sound on a snare. Right, right. right. So you had, I mean, all Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel. Uh, Love is a Battlefield, Boys of Summer, a Come bunch on. of Prince songs, right? Nothing, just these drum machines and these gated reverbs all over them. Mm-hmm. And this this massive sound was just real different from the decade before. Yeah. So, let's just say that's the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Where, where to next? How? Oh, could we go to the 90s? <laughs> let's... Take this field trip to the 90s. <laughs> Tim, you recognize this this little tune? And how, man. <laughs> Silver moon sparkling and all that. Yeah. <laughs> this is, of course, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. It was their only hit. That's fine. It serves as a very good example of the 90s snare sound. Now, there's a lot to talk about with 90s snare sounds because, Tim, in the 90s, uh, things start to splinter a bit. Sure. Right, like... Well, yeah, because you've, you've the drum machine itself is still thriving. Yes. Like, in R&B, like TLC absolutely. and all that. Absolutely, like, yep. yeah. But the real drum sound... Um, gosh, it's so, um, it's so real sounding. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, that's exactly what I want to say, because, yeah, right, we, we, we had things from Nirvana and the Gin Blossoms to Sixpence on the Richer yeah. and sort of lady sing, singer-songwriters, coffee shop-style stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But, yes, like, the recording techniques had gotten much better yeah. than in the 80s. And they were really emphasizing the natural, organic elements. Yeah, less affected. Yes, right. It, it was. It was. There was not. There was not a lot of effects on this. Um, often they would be pitched sort of or tuned because mm-hmm. you can you can tune a snare drum. You tighten it or loosen it. That's right. Uh, like a bit higher because in this example in uh, Kiss Me, that that's mm-hmm. a that's a pretty tight, high snare there. Yeah, well, I mean, we we talked about this a while back, Matt, but uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers yes. all yep. over the 90s. Yep. Um, and those snare drums were... Almost breaking. Little piccolos. Yes. Yeah, they're really they're so They're pitched up so high. Yes. Uh, and it was what inspired me to want my snare drum pitched up pretty high, too, because it's, it's funkier, you know? It it's, is. It very much yeah. is. Psychic spies from China try to steal your mind's elation. The, the through line here, because we're, we're kind of looking for trends, of course. Yeah, we are. Uh, I don't think it's entirely, entirely... You did it. <laughs> accurate to say that all the snares in the 90s were fully natural and higher than usual. But I think if you're looking at the bell curve there, mm-hmm. if that even makes sense... That it seemed to be the trend. Yeah. To your point, though, the, the recording techniques had gotten so good, and the fidelity of the microphones and and you know the tape you're recording onto and everything had gotten so good that you could make the drums just sound like you're there in the room. You don't have to put you know stuff stuff around it or you know remove stuff from it in, in you know sort of that like that tighter '70s sort of disco sound like we talked about you, you just don't have to put anything around it and you get this very like i hate to i mean it's grungy in a way yeah yeah no, but it's fair also enough. yeah it just sort of feels like you're hearing an actual drum set in a room with you yes yeah exactly which but yeah could not really have been done before mm-hmm. 
And so, then, uh, art is a reaction to the thing that happened before. We are in the early 2000s. We're mm. specifically in 2007. Tim, uh-huh. you and I were in high school. Yeah. And this song comes out. <laughs> and if it doesn't... This is my theory. I know I. it's not entirely true. But if this song doesn't change the world, <laughs> I don't know what did. Oh, man, the shot heard around the world. Are you joking me? That is like, that's Babe Ruth's 100th home run or whatever that. That, Tim, look, buddy. That's Gabriel Princip starting World War One. That's Franz Ferdinand. Listen, that, and I know, I know this is, this is crazy because I know this wasn't everybody, but I feel like it kind of was mm-hmm. because Riot came out. Yeah. And this, I mean, disavowed as it may have been by Haley Williams, uh, was the song. And you 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 heard just there the that album version where there is that intro and you hear Haley say, "Hit that hit that snare." And then Zach hits that snare like a 18 wheeler it is it is sending chills up my spine i remember i got that that cd it wasn't even mp3 yeah i got a cd on a literal what are they were they walkman or could sure. you play cds on those yeah yeah and i was in a hotel room with my family i don't know what we were doing probably mm-hmm. playing in the bluegrass band and i looped that snare hit for an hour. I just laid on the hotel bed and listened to that. Because I had never heard anything like that. Tim, you know what I'm talking it's about. It's superb. Yeah, and the whole tune, I mean, not to just get into one tune, but but Paramore, more broadly, Zach Farrow, the drummer, just, I mean, had a very strong sense for what a powerful snare sounded like. And he was like 16, I believe, at sure. the time. I, just a... a monstrous sound terrifying it was beyond and and so i say art is a reaction to something else this is not a natural snare sound Mm -hmm. like this is superhuman it's better than you had ever heard before it sounds it is like the platonic ideal of a snare they had finally recording technology had gotten to the point where you could make a snare to sound like a gunshot. Yes. And it was all over. I mean, pop punk, you think that would have been what it was without these compressed uh, thunderclap snares? Right. I mean, just kind of like, yeah, all all of the pop punk and like, you know, metal sort of emo metal sound. Yes. Hinges entirely on your ability to make the snare drum um, sound like a machine. Yes, and, and I was, don't mean I don't mean like a drum machine, but no. like a machine. Yes, it was like a killing it machine. Was beautiful. Yeah. Just a fool for you. An honorary uh, mention to Travis Barker for I Miss You, because that snare work, I know it's one loop all the way through, but man. Buddy, listen, if we were... (laughs) It was on the show. I was going to play it, like, for show and tell, maybe. (laughs) I'm sorry I ruined it. I might still do it anyway. But how good. Okay. (laughs) So, that's where we are then. Mm -hmm. And then, really, something happens that... It does not help this episode because monoculture it disappears. <laughs> we're there's we're in It's the streaming era. It's the streaming era. Everything yeah. has fallen apart. Mm-hmm. Um anything, right. we're in a recession. Well we're in the, that's the one thing. 
Yeah. Everyone is trying to recover from the whatever <laughs> happened in that movie with Ryan Gosling and and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Carroll. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was the best Christmas ever. Yeah. This is so fun. But but basically people realize and I think the big short. That's the that's, that's the one. That's what I was thinking about. Margot Robbie sitting in a bathtub yeah, talking about the housing short. bubble. Yes, yeah, so exactly. we were all getting over it. People weren't focused on making snare sound great. Any everything just nothing had to be a snare, right? Well, it, right. It just needed to snap, crackle, or pop. You know, I can't believe we've gone this far into the episode without. Have we even said the words hand claps? Oh boy, no, and I'm embarrassed. Man, I mean. Yes, to your point, we're getting we're getting into this era, uh, this this sort of post snare age, where as long as it's a backbeat, as long as it's That's functioning right. functioning right. musically the way a snare drum does mm-hmm. on two and four generally, if it's a song in four four, so one two three four, right? Uh, it it can be anything. It can be anything. There's there's no. We don't need the snares. We know what what we're listening to, mm-hmm. and it's just the backbeat. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. Right? Yep. It never, and if we're being honest with ourselves, it never needed to be a snare. No, right, right. right. The, the drum kit is arbitrary. It's set up how it is just because that's how it's set up. Yeah. Uh, but producers, and and too, as, as sort of home production mm-hmm. and crate digging and sampling and all this stuff became more... Uh, popular and more accepted in yep. in the popular music world, you could you can kind of just throw anything on the backbeat, and if it does what you as the writer or producer or listener or whatever think that it ought to, well, that's it. You don't need it, an actual snare. Sure, and this right, you get you get flavors of this pretty much from the outset, I guess, where. The Beatles would have like hand claps alongside the snare uh, in some of their tracks. Or, you know, it, once drum machines are more widely available, um, you know, it, the the sound becomes less snare-like at at every turn. You get into like '90s R&B, a finger snap suffices. That's right. You know? Yeah. You, as, yeah, as long as it lands in the right spot, yeah, you can do whatever little hit a trash can lid or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Trash in the camp. <laughs> Absolutely, those yeah, <laughs> those apes very much understood. <laughs> they understood that, percussion. That the snare drum is arbitrary. That's yes. exactly right. That's exactly right. And look, so that is basically hmm. where we are now. I do have. Um, a bit of a show and tell for show and tell time. Okay. To just uh, sort of add a little addendum. Great. But that's where we are now. From the little drummer boy <laughs> to now when we are simply taking a wave file and chopping it mm-hmm. and putting it at a certain spot. That's the snare drum. Tim, what do you think? Well, I... Um... I sit in dutiful respect of the snare. I, I find it to be um, sort of the Christ figure of the drum kit. Mm. Wow! I, I won't go into that any further, but just trust no, me. Best not to. It makes a lot of sense yeah, if you does. think about it. Um, <laughs> the Redeemer. Yeah. In a way. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the three in one. <laughs> well, that is true. Um, <laughs> is it anyway? I am. Yeah, I'm left uh, feeling like, A, uh, I'm all out of Erlenmeyer flasks. This has been an incredible trip to the lab. Yes, agreed. Uh, And I would just say that you gave the Army an amazing Christmas gift here with your historical knowledge and your your context and your, your, your wit. It's been nice. Tim, to be be discussing this with a real drummer, I mean, that's... (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't do it alone. You know that. You know that, pal. Of course, buddy. Same here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>
Get that little drummer out of the stable. Get him out of here. Who let him in? Ear Buddies will continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Ring Home Security and their patented, wonderful Ring Doorbell System. Hey, Matt. Hey, Tim. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, did you hear what happened in Whoville the other day? <laughs> you know, I did. It's all over the news. It's all It's all anyone's talking about. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going from memory here, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> you got it down at this I've point. Been, that's all I did. This uh, first news alerts. You know, you look at your phone first thing in the morning. New York Times is going crazy. You about You basically this. got the story. By An now. entire community robbed uh, under uh, under shroud of night, Christmas Eve night. A figure in green wanders through Whoville. And he filches every single present in one giant bag, hauls it up to a mountaintop. He he steals Christmas. That's what it sounds like. It, it doesn't sound like an exaggeration, Tim, to I, say no, that I, I, this criminal yes. stole Christmas. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I explained how just now. Yes. So he... <laughs> and how. <laughs> right. their presence all these gifts for all the kids and adults presumably of whoville up to a mountaintop where he's he's going to desecrate them he's going to destroy them uh and what has a change of heart turns around goes back to town turns himself in is he arrested no uh does he cut the roast beast yes ultimately yes it's ultimately he does yeah i mean you know you could call it a redemption story uh, you could call it heartwarming. You could call it a, a, a you know a Christmas classic in the making. I call it an enormous home security risk. Tim, I'm glad you say that because that how did we let this happen? People aren't talking about that. The none of the news alerts I've seen even even bring up. The security breach. No, this is. I'm hearing left and right about a heart growing three sizes that day. That's all fine and good. Right. I'm a little more worried about what happens when the copycat shows up. Well, Tim, from all I can see, this was one individual. <laughs> yeah. One night. Every present? An entire town, yes. Whoville is not that small. Right. How did this. What you like after you yeah right once you have once you've marveled at just the sheer uh, logistical matter yes here, um you must quiver in fear about what this what this says about the state of home security well and if and if Whoville is like this Matt you have to assume Minot is like this uh, well absolutely right. Absolutely. Every street you walk down, are you telling me that I could just hop down a chimney, go right through the front door, uh, put, open a window, uh, make uh, off with the presents like nothing happened? Right. There's no indication that this this individual, that this criminal, was <laughs> delayed or thwarted in any way. Uh, he was able to just, yeah, he, I, just access whatever he wanted. You know what he did, man? He put on a costume. He he pretended to be Santa Claus. And well, that was... It's a good trick. Well, it's <laughs> clever, I'll say. 
But no wonder, I guess, that the Ring Home Security Company, uh, well, rang us to say, um, we see a need here that mm-hmm. needs to be met. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, you have to, I mean, you have to assume mm-hmm. that the good people of Whoville. Yeah, the Who's. Had, yes, the Who's. Uh, that they had, I mean, had they had a ring camera. Yeah. I, I just, I can't imagine right, you this get a little push, Right. So what would happen then? You'd have the ring, you'd have the little doorbell right in the front of the house. And as soon as a ne'er-do-well, like this criminal, approaches the home, the who would get a, a push alert on their phone that says, hey, someone's at your door. Uh, and, you know, frankly, might make sense around Christmas to set one up uh, on or near your chimney as well. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Just a pro tip there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you would get a little alert on your phone saying, hey, someone's here. All you'd have to do is is tap tap the little notification and you get a camera, a fisheye lens view of what's happening in front of your door or, or your chimney. You would see this scoundrel and... You could, you could turn on a little microphone and shoo him away. Say, hey, I see you, sir. Mm-hmm. Back yep. away from my home. Get yourself out of here. Right. I- I'm calling the authorities. All of a sudden, Matt, you you can act. That's it. Because the Who's were, I mean, they were caught sort of well, unawares. Right. Were they not? And we don't want a victim blame. But no, we, but... But we do need to say, right, that there was a... A real lapse in uh, in judgment here, in the, in in protecting one's treasures. You know, it it falls to us ultimately to to make sure that we're guarding our homes and keeping you know porch pirates and Christmas stealers away. Yeah, it that's the thing. It's about like with so many things, it's about it boils down to personal responsibility. It's all it's like we say all the time, man. Yes. It's all about personal responsibility. It is all about personal responsibility. <laughs> and and I just I think that I think that Ring just sees an opportunity here mm-hmm. to uh enable that in a way where it clearly has not been um, I mean, in the very, very recent past, mm-hmm. this this crime could not have happened if these if these who's were more vigilant, right? That's it. That's all. That's all it is. And that's all we're saying here is just that we we don't want another Christmas to be stolen from anyone no, in Whoville or not. otherwise. No. And that's that's the very simple but urgent message that Ring is delivering uh, to all of us here this Christmas morning. I, I do want to spend just a little bit of time, Matt, and I don't I I don't mean to be uh, too tough on crime here. Okay. But does it not seem sick to you that the very mo- the morning after the night in which he committed this unprecedented crime spree, it turned himself in and was welcomed with open arms by the mayor, invited to cut the roast beast. At the town's Christmas celebration? Again, uh, yes, the wayward sheep and all that, Matt. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's good. Right. In the Christmas spirit, yes. I I see what they were trying to do. But the message it sends. The message, right. What does this say to Johnny Criminal down the street mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Huh? Is it? I think it's telling him, um, hey, it's open season on Christmas That's presents. right. Get in there. Get whatever you want. Well, of All you have course. to do is shed a little tear, and you know. Yep, and they'll they'll bring you into the the celebration. You here's, can light the Christmas tree. Yeah, here's the knife. Cut that beast open. Yep. Enjoy. Yeah. I, I, it's just no. I I completely agree, Tim. I I think this country. <laughs> Say it. It's fine. Say it. I mean, it's. It's just, a, it's just about personal responsibility. <laughs> we need to come back to that. That's right. Consequences. We need to come back. That's right. Right. That's right. Actions have consequences. Is art 
Not always a reaction to some earlier thing. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, well, so is the law. That's what I'm also now saying. (laughs) That's right. No, that's absolutely true. It's Ring Home Security. Welcome back to Ear Buddies Christmas Edition. Matt, I'm just going to do it. You know, I know you already mentioned it, but hey, it's show and tell. And it's Christmas, for God's sake. (laughs) You're not going to ask me to find a new show and tell song on Christmas (laughs) morning, are you? No, no, no. My song is I Miss You by Blink-182. Matt, what other pop punk band drummer is going to break out the brushes for one of the best songs they ever recorded? Isn't it something? Isn't it just... Isn't it just? It's just. You know, it does, like some of the earlier examples we talked about, Matt, it takes uh, some cojones, right, to have a drum beat or a drum fill or something kind of be the be the first thing that you hear right mm, out of the gate. Yes, absolutely. You've got to have, you got to know your product is good. <laughs> yes. That's a, I mean, that's a tightrope walk and uh, easy to, easy to fall. Because if it's a stinker, then uh, on to the next thing. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> What's the opposite of a stinker? This is so good. It's such an elegant little drum beat from Travis, Travis Barker. I very, very, very clearly remember hearing this tune for the first time. I may have said this on this exact podcast before, but I knew this song existed and yeah. did not know what it sounded like because I didn't have the internet because my sure. mom didn't get it for us. Mm-hmm. And so I would just listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a Blink-182 song. Yeah, I knew nothing else. And I heard this drum beat, Tim. I'm not kidding. This was very, very late at night. And I heard this drum beat, and I said, I bet this is it. And I, and I pressed record on my little cassette player. Oh. And I was right. They did not, inter- the DJ said nothing. Mm-hmm. They just started playing it, and I said, I bet this is it. Why would I think that? I had heard Blink songs before. Right, it They doesn't... didn't sound like that. No. That is magic, Travis. Unbelievable work. I, I mean, it's it's enough to give you a lifetime membership in you know the the great drummers club. Yes, you know, Inst- I... instant first ballot hall of fame. And it's <sighs> it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's stunning. And 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 how brave too. Yeah, like in every possible way. This is brushes, a kick, and like maybe a jam block, maybe a, a rim, depending, yeah. right? And it is the only thing that he plays the entire song. He right. plays no other fill. Yeah. He does, it's it. He starts, he goes, and he stops. It is so bold, it is so beautiful, and it works just like a, like it's like a painting yes. underneath. The that slidey acoustic guitar, the slidey bass, the string section. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's yeah, it's it, it just the song itself, and I mean even da- like like down to the drum beat here, which is what we're talking about today. It's the, it's like a signal to anyone on the fence about Blink One Eighty Two. I feel like to it's a signal that. This is a smart yes, band. Yes, they're serious. This is, right. They, this is not goofball music. No, no, no. Uh, and it opens the door to the rest of their library in a way. And I think it, if if you're hearing it uh, as someone who, and I was one of those people, Matt. Like, I Blink was not really for me. Um, but you hear this, and... It kind of forced me to open my heart to them a little more than I had before. Mm, it and should. say, okay, okay, I need to give them 
a little more shrift than I have been yes. until this point. Yep. Uh, glad I did. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. Great, great pick. Uh, great snare work, Trav. That's truly. Whew. Man. Okay. So I have for my show and tell uh, a warning. <laughs> okay. And okay. And I did this. I have been noticing this, Tim, and I, I, I mentioned this to you uh, off mic quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. But I've been noticing, especially in country music, but it's finding its way into other music, yes. a certain snare sound. And in doing my research for this episode, I listened to the top uh, 10 like hot country s- tunes. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them... <laughs> Has the snare sound. I could pick any. I might as well just say, uh, But I Got a Beer in My Hand by Luke Bryan. That old familiar meant to kill your middle finger, rearview mirror, supposed to make a country boy sad. Should be in my recliner, whiskey typing up one liners, crying, trying to get you back. Yeah, I know how that country song goes. I'm supposed to be hard, bro. But I got a beer in my hand, and I got it raised up high. I ain't gotta get. Well, that's just a big old snare drum, isn't it? It's just a big old snare drum. Uh,. <laughs> There are, and truly, like I, I'm not going to list them because it's any of them. There, the um, the warning is is this. I think that right now we can't yet look back in hindsight, mm-hmm. uh, and we've just talked about kind of this the splintering of the monoculture and snare uh, work. But I want people to be aware of a different kind of hyper real snare. Yeah. Because in the pop punk era. Yeah. Uh, with the recording techniques available and the production quality, gunshots, right? Mm-hmm. I said thunderclaps before. I didn't mean that. I mean thunderclaps now. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> these these snares are tuned lower than they can possibly go. Yes. And they are compressed and smushed up so tight, they barely even, like, crack. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. They're... They like splatter. Yeah, right. They do. I hate it. It's it's thick. It's beefy. They, it's it's just sort of taking what a snare is, taking one element Mm -hmm. of what a snare is, and and just turning that to 11 because again with the uh the naturalness of the 90s that took the natural qualities of the snare and really expressed that with the gunshot snares of pop punk that took the crack and cracked it out of the park yep now we have this just thick thick low end thunderclap thunderclap snares that's what they are Mm -hmm. and and kind of verby yes yeah that's right i mean they're they're it's almost i would almost say like 80s hair metal. Yeah. It's like what 80s hair metal was probably trying to do but couldn't do. Totally. It feels, That's what I think. It feels like Luke and the rest are sort of trying to replicate like a big like stadium yes. show. Yes. It's, it's, it's like it's, you know, we will rock you. Yeah, totally. But totally. just the snare and as good as we can make it sound now. Here's the thing. I don't hate it but I am growing to hate its ubiquity I will soon hate it because you noted to it's me, everywhere. You noted to me that uh, it it was perhaps kind of born in contemporary Christian music. Yes. Oh boy. Uh, can I not, do not a world? Yeah, you may. One, just one more. Of course. A, this is a song by <laughs> Phil Wickham, and it is, is the one I sent you, Tim. It's called "This Is Our God." Okay. 
Ain't that ridiculous? Okay, right. It's a it's a snare so big that you can only play it on four every other measure. <laughs> because otherwise, yeah, you would be washed away in the riptide. That's actually that's actually true, and that's why like when you hear uh, there are a number of these these top ten country songs now mm-hmm. where they are doing like eighth and sometimes God help us sixteenth uh, fills oh. with them, and it's just going. It's it's like rolling thunder sure. and it doesn't <laughs> artillery fire yes yeah. it does not sound good yeah it's like you're being shelled it's ridiculous <laughs> and it's, it's going to happen more and more often hmm. uh, they're trying to make it as big, big as they can yes it's big it's big right. it's yes you are in Wembley Stadium yes uh-huh. and it, and you know what Tim that's uh, sort of well noted there I think it, it works if you play it on four only yeah uh but you can't do it as much as they're doing it it's too <laughs> much yeah like it's cool kind of yes i like i said i don't hate the idea but it's yes it's the uh, the ubiquity yeah took our breath away faith so weak that we could barely pray well okay so I mean, there you go. That's Christmas. It's Christmas morning, and um, I feel like we're sort of telling the army um, what with the ad break and what with what you just uh, shared with us. I mean, it's kind of like be on your toes in 2024. Like yeah. brace, brace yourselves. Keep gang. a weather eye out for yep. sure. Watch your six. Personal responsibility. That's, I mean, that's the watchword for twenty twenty four. I think that's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Locked and loaded. Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. Yeah.